Hey, good morning, New Life. My name's Lance Yarborough, and uh, I get to serve with techs in our student ministries, loving on our middle schoolers, as well as work with Pastor Zach on the Men's Connection team. And this morning, I get to bring you our daily devotional from 1 Peter, specifically chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Now, if you haven't seen it yet, Stacy McLaren did verses 9 and 10, and in that passage, she talked about how Peter calls Christians a chosen race, a royal priesthood, and a chosen nation. And uh, if you haven't seen that yet, I would very much encourage you to go back and watch that. So after showing the Christians of the first century what their identity was, uh, Peter's now in verses 11 and 12 going to kind of give them a job description to go with that royal priesthood. Uh, basically, Christians have a particular vocation in the world, and as such, uh, our conduct is really essential for that. So let's take a look at the actual passage. Again, this is 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Peter says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Now, Peter uses uh, the words sojourners and exiles here to describe how Christians should really view themselves in respect to the world around us. Now, these are terms that we don't use, particularly sojourners very often in modern America. So I just want to quickly clarify what that means. To be a sojourner is to be someone who stays in a place temporarily, a place that's not their regular home. Um, to be in exile means to be in a period of forced absence from one's country or one's home. And the meaning here is that as Christians, we're really citizens of heaven. And our stay here on earth is really only temporary. As Christians, we are to view ourselves as temporarily living in a fallen or in a temporary country the, the fallen world around us, until we can go home where we belong, which would be back into the kingdom of heaven. So we're living as sojourners and exiles. And while we do that, Peter reminds us that we're actually also soldiers involved in a spiritual battle. And he's going to give us uh, some guidance in verse 12 and how we're to live. He tells us to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against our souls. Now, passions of the flesh here are really selfish, natural desires, um, natural appetites that appeal to our sinful nature. Uh, the Apostle John kind of highlighted this in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. He says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. And we experience temptation to satisfy our bodily desires in ways that are contrary to God's will. Now, Peter spoke of the soul as really the whole person. And when we yield to the desires of the flesh that God's word condemns, we basically become double-minded. We're something of a schizophrenic. And... Peter aptly describes this, this behavior as a war in our soul. And the antagonists in this war are really the lusts of the flesh, the, the sinful desires that we know are against God's will and the will of God. 
Now, the word war here carries the idea really of a military campaign. It's not just a short battle, um, meaning that we're not just going to win this in one conflict. This is an entire campaign, and we need to be prepared for war and on our guard really at all times. Now, throughout this epistle, uh, 1 Peter, there's a theme of suffering, and John talked about that when he first introduced this passage, Pastor John. Uh, and part of the suffering that Peter's original readers would have experienced were really slander from the non-believing Gentiles around them. Um, they appear to have been accusing them unjustly of doing evil. And Peter urged his readers to give their critics no cause for justifiable slander. If they obeyed, their, their accusers would have to glorify God and give a good testimony concerning the lives of the believers. Now there's a biblical scholar and he describes it this way. The conflict in society is won not by aggressive behavior, but by good conduct or good works. And Peter's vision is that the exemplary behavior of Christians will change the minds of their accusers and in effect overcome evil with good. Now we're to be witnesses to the lost people around us and the best way to do that is live a life that backs up the words that we speak. Unsaved people are always watching us, and really they're looking for an excuse to reject Jesus and reject the gospel. But there should be nothing in our conduct that will give the unsaved ammunition to attack Christ. This was the case in the first century, and it's very much the case today. Now we don't have to be perfect. Jesus knows we're gonna make mistakes, we're gonna fail. Um, but we need to acknowledge those failures and how we do that is really important to those that are watching. We can't be a hypocrite and, and pretend that it didn't happen to deny it, to hide it. We need to be open and transparent to confess our sins. And that is really going to win over the unbelievers, the skeptics around us. Um, now, becoming a Christian doesn't magically make you cease having these kind of desires or behaviors. Um, the Apostle Paul really highlights in Romans chapter 7, which I've heard called the doo-doo passage, and it's a pretty apt description, because he's talking about the things that he wants to do really aren't the things that he wants to do. It's the things that he shouldn't be doing. Those are the things that he wants to do. Hence the doo-doo. Um, but by relying on the power of the Holy Spirit that really resides in us, we do have the power to overcome sin. And in doing that, we can shine the light of the gospel to those around us, to the people who live in darkness. So my prayer for you is that your life would bring life and hope and light to those who are watching. Share the gospel with words and with your deeds. They should be uh, compatible with one another. And remember that while we may be aliens and sojourners now, we are citizens of the most beautiful and amazing kingdom, and we're going to get to go there, hopefully again soon. So, God bless you as you go. 